command. But you're right. I think Danny's right when it says about the, the schedule. I mean, we've played three games in a week. And it's a lot of miles as well because, it's, you know, it's, it's a long a way to Newport. Yeah. It's a long way to Walsall. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, I mean you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna feel it at some point. I mean, look at Wolves. I mean, this week they've played Manchester City, Liverpool, played pretty decent in both games, and they went to Watford and lost. Yeah. So you know it, it, it doesn't only happen to Orient. Yeah, I mean the only positive I really took away from that game was that we've now got a ten day break. So <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, the way I looked at it, and I think the players need that at the end of the day. I think they need a break. You know, the squad's looking a bit thin with injuries and what have you and stuff at the moment. Um, so I think it will do good to uh, give them a bit of a rest and then to get them on the training ground and start working at um, changing things up. So from that, then um, we now sit with having won three games in the last 13. We've got four draws in those games and six defeats. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on, it sees us sit 19th uh, in the league on 26 points, nine points, above, nine points above the relegation with 13 points off of the playoffs. So that's where we are at the end of the period. Now, um, obviously, we mentioned earlier on that there's been various messages and things on the boards and the social media and um, questions to, that have been put to Danny uh, about um, what is going on with the managerial position. Uh, and I know, Danny, you said you're in a position to give us a bit of an update. On yeah, it is a bit of an update. It's not to say what, what the decision is uh, that's been made, but a decision has been made uh, by, by the board and um, we're obviously very much with, with Martin's uh, influence as well. And we'll announce that early next week. Uh, the progress is, or the process rather has been elongated uh, with drawing up the contract and our focus has been on a very busy as we've just said uh, four game festive period and yeah that has elongated the process but yeah next week we will uh, we will make the announcement fantastic thank you for letting us know I've actually got the um, the odds from the sackrace.com which I looked up before we came in <laughs> super uh, and they are as follows uh, Ross is 4-1 to one on the favourite Daryl McMahon seven to two, Paul Tisdale seven to one, Adrian Whitbridge ten to one, Martin Lings fourteen to one, Andy Edwards is seventeen to one, Steve Presley, not Elvis Presley, is sixteen to one, uh, twenty to one, Slade Wesley, Steve Watson, Danny Webb, Nolan, Joby McEnough, Neil Harris, DeCanio, Michael Jolly, and Wally Downs. And uh, bring up the rear is Nathan Jones, 25 to 1, but he's been gone too long, Andy, hasn't he? <laughs> and uh, Stendhal, currently manager of Hearts. So we'll be asking Andy, <laughs> I'll be asking Danny after the show whether he's got any tips <laughs> so he can kick the new year off with a bit of money. I think you basically listed everyone on the phone, but apart from my cat, I don't think there's anyone that's not on the list. <laughs> Tiddles is in at 55 to 1. Yeah. I've been near Alan Kerbishley. I mean, he's linked with every job. Is he not on the list? No, though? he's not on the list. So, we'll so just... it must be him. Lump on everybody. There you go. It must be him. There you go. So, okay. All right. Uh, Danny, we've had a few questions come through for yourself uh, from the various uh, message boards and social media and what have you. So uh, I'm going to put some of those questions to you now and we'll, uh, we'll see how we get on. All right, so um, first things first, um, this is a question from me, which is, would we, would you be tempted, or would we as a club be tempted to offer the stadium for things like sporting events like boxing and concerts and stuff like that, obviously, uh, Colchester to do it at their ground, it seems to work quite well. Yeah, Colchester's business model, uh, certainly for their non-match day, is something that we uh, do and want, want to aspire to. They're turning over a, a damn sight more than what we are. Uh, our non-match day at Bro Group Stadium is is growing and the team Josh, Lucy, Parr and others have done a phenomenal job to get it to where it's at. Uh, I'll be quite open with the figures. We would we would turn over a, a small five-figure sum uh, two years ago, uh, literally just after the takeover of my non-match day, which was an embarrassment uh, for the size of club. 
uh, we've massively grown that. Uh, I want to get that up to a million pound uh, wow. in a few years, which yeah, sounds like a sales pitch. I'm not going to make any apology for it. Every single pound that goes into that stadium, whether you're buying a drink, whether you're hiring it for a party, for a uh, life celebration, for a wedding, which we're just about to, to, to launch very soon. Uh, don't get any ideas, Karen. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, there's, yeah, there's an awful lot of events that we do and we want to do in the, in the coming months and, and years ahead, and that might well include concert and additional uh, events. And yeah, we want to make that, and every penny is going right into that. Uh, plan budget and and making that club most importantly sustainable for the for the long-term benefit of everyone listening and you mentioned off air earlier on uh, i hope you can mention it because i'm going to say it now about uh that you've written to some of the international clubs yeah as part of the process we do that this time uh every year in the hope that we pick uh i think you mentioned previous uh international sides that have been over so whether we act as a training venue for them or ideally as a training venue and a, and a, a hosting venue for one of their games and that's something that we're in the process of doing at the moment and you never know what international side you bring up. We're in a cosmopolitan borough of, uh, of London and of the UK and it's yeah, it's something if we can get the right team, I'd be confident we'd fill the Braille group. Fantastic. with Euro 2020 as well, we might be able to get one of those teams. There are a lot over, show. yes, very well added. Karen. <laughs> I'll send your commission through once we get <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, this has come through from uh, the message board. Um, what will the club be doing to retain the 4,000 season ticket holders that they've got this year? Yeah, uh, very fair question. Uh, we want to make sure that we are giving value for money. Clearly, people want to see uh, results, want to see excitement, etc., uh, etc. Et and hopefully in the second half of the season, we'll see a few more uh, wins. Uh, we want to make sure that the value of the season ticket extends beyond just those 23 games. We're working an awful lot behind the scenes to make it really feel part of you know, of a membership, not just as a season ticket and various benefits alongside that. And uh, we'll be working very hard over the next few months to, to get that package and proposition right for League Two football with very much the mantra of what I said about having a stability and sustainability at Lane Orient Football Club. I mean, with regards to the, the sale of season tickets, what sort of impact does that have upon the playing budget? We set the budgets, we're in the process of setting budgets for, sounds ages away, but it's really not now, 2020 and 21 and 21 and 22. Uh, that is very much based on what we can do in terms of income growth from all those areas we've discussed of commercial, streaming, non-match day, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and they then, that, that then drives clearly with the uh, external investment that we have. We want to reduce that reliance on that external investment and that's how we become sustainable. Ultimately, what we bring in drives future Plan and operational budgets. It's yeah. It's again a cliche, but the the more we can bring in and the more profit we can make from our activity reduces that loss and allows us to invest in the academy, invest in the playing squad, invest in the facilities, put a hand dryer in East stand, whatever it is. <laughs> all of that comes through the activity that uh, the other team are doing such a good job to uh, to push and promote. Yeah, from if we if we were to give a percentage, for example, of uh, of how much of the budget is made up with uh, regards to season ticket sales, could you, could you do that? Are you able to do that? Uh, yes, it sounds like a cop out answer. When you include season tickets and tickets, it is a large large proportion of our income, uh, and that's why I've brought in a dedicated ticketing manager uh, because it is, I think, an area in the past that's. Uh, perhaps needed a bit more attention. Uh, and yeah, you used to be out of phone the club shop and not get an answer for free. Days. <laughs> it, it, yeah, and that, that's not how it should be. Uh, and if anyone ever has that experience from 
from today onwards, then I want to know because it means that somewhere will be fallen down. And yeah, nine times out of ten, that or if not ninety nine out of a hundred, that should be answered very swiftly and what will be under the team. But it's it's an absolute vital part of the income. But as is every every other element, and what we don't want to do is take ever take that for granted from fans and from season ticket holders, especially. Moving on from that, uh, one of the questions was, um, what is the actual target the club are aiming to achieve this season on the pitch? I think it was to to be well, no, it was to to be mid table. Uh, if we could finish in the upper part of the mid table, sort of just outside the playoffs, to that that would be deemed as a success. Uh, the backdrop of that is obviously everything happened over in the summer, and I'm not just referring to Justin and yeah, the, the uh, sale of uh, Caroma and, and Bon. Yeah, we we lost fifty goals. Yeah, uh, that yeah does change outlooks on things and yeah, we're confident the replacements we bought in. I think we've been a bit unlucky with injuries and suspensions at the wrong time but it'd be good to see those uh, those two along with the likes of Matt Harold and others yeah, being able to uh, try and replace some of those girls. Yeah, and so um, sort of obviously you mentioned earlier on about the, uh, with regards to an appointment uh, hopefully early next week or next week should we say um, can the coaching setup be changed or is it set in stone with regards to the current coaches that are in place um, so obviously with with uh, Carl Fletcher coming in you know the, the, the coaching staff were there uh, is that the case as it will always be or is it or is it now we kind of are looking differently as that appointment didn't work out we believe as a club and most importantly the board with very much with Martin's support is that we've got a structure that we believe gives that key bit of stability and sustainability. Clubs do, you know, manager goes and everyone from the cleaner outwards go, goes with that. Uh, that's not the model that we want to work to at the moment uh, and the model we've got is that we want to have that degree of continuity and, yeah, I'll say it again, stability. Yeah. All right, so uh, coming up with the last few questions here, I know that uh, Jamie and Karen have got a few as well. So, um, but just the last couple from me. So, um, with regards to performances on the pitch, if um, if things are not going well on the pitch, does that impact upon the club's commercial value off it? It makes the job harder at times, uh, but it, you know that that's football. Uh, what we have to make sure we do is that the. The product of football is clearly the core element. I'm not stressing for a minute it's not, but we want to make the you know, a family experience even more than it already is. I think we've come leaps and bounds in the two years, but we've we've still got a long way to go, and we want to appeal to those new audiences and not just just make it about winning in 90 minutes. Ideally, we would, but that at least the family can go home and say, "Well, I had a good day. Or my family were looked after. My daughter or my son had a had a great occasion. They went into supporters club bar, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. I had a good experience, a good bit of food. I met Theo, etc., etc. I got to shake hands with Kent or Nigel, met a player, whatever it is, something that they're never going to be able to experience two miles down the road at London Stadium. Yep, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, a couple of, let's say, a couple of last questions. Uh, will you be pushing for the EFL to allow all away games to be streamed next season? There's a lot we're pushing to the EFL. Uh, so, obviously, I, I attend all of the uh, relevant EFL meetings and. Uh, very much with input from from the board and uh, Nigel and Kent obviously included within that. There's there's a lot that we want to push the EFL on uh, the streaming. So we are so passionate about the streaming. We've taken it. You know, we talk about revenue streams being small five figures. We're now taking it up to a six figure. The product I think is now sorted. We've got through Touchwood. The the vast majority of the TV issues. We are very shortly going to be enabling the ability for people to watch the games on 
this mobile, this tablet. Brilliant. I appreciate that's not great for radio, uh, but <laughs> you get my idea. If, and, if, you're not, if you're not able to see in the studio, then he's pointing to his phone <laughs> and his tablet. Uh, so that, that is a core bit, and we want to, yeah, in an ideal world, we would be streaming every single game, which I think was the question, yeah. uh, every single game in the UK and overseas. But boy, is that audience growing in terms of the, the amount of people that are watching. Could you give us any figures at all? We're going to share that in the next couple of weeks when we launch the ability to show it on mobile and tablets. So we will we'll come out with some headline figures. But yeah, we've got people as you know, Iceland over in America. And I don't just mean Nigel and Kent and Rich. We've got Scandinavia. There is, I don't think there's a part of the continent uh, of each continent we're, we've not covered with at least uh, a few people. Fantastic. Right, last one from me then. Uh, so the, we, there was a fans forum in December, um, and obviously the minutes and stuff were published. Uh, Karen was there, um, and there's and another. Yes, one. Unfortunately, it was my fault. The minutes were late, but hey, that's another story. Yeah. See, this is it, Karen. Yeah, people blame the club, right? And it's down yeah, to you, you know. Um, so the next one is in January, um, and we talked before. Um, would you think about broadcasting it live? I think it's a good question. Uh, I think Karen might back me up. There was a couple of bits that we asked not to be minuted. It wasn't anything you know, hugely confidential sure. that would, you know, if it came out with Official Secrets Act, would be breached. But there are a couple of bits in there that you know, we perhaps say, let's not perhaps share that for now. Uh, it's perhaps something I'll take to the board and, and ask that question for a future one, perhaps at another date. But it's uh, interesting, Karen's view on it. Yeah, no, if. Um I think what people are trying to sort of say is that they want it to be more open. They think it's a bit more of a secret society, and it definitely isn't. I can assure you of that. Conspiracy um, theories. Yeah. The Orient <laughs> fans love a conspiracy they theory, do. Karen. You they know do, that. They do, don't they? But we have two representatives from the Fans Trust. We have two representatives from the Supporters Club. They are people that put themselves over and above for the love of Leighton Orient, and they wouldn't want to see anything happen conspiracy-wise to the football club there's in um, there's myself as the supporters liaison i don't want to see anything happen sinister at Leighton orient either as i can assure you as most people would know but then to be open and to open it out to the fan base we do do a ballot and the ballot is still open if people still want to email me at k.harrison at leightonorient.net send me an email through and i'll put your name in the hat and then i do literally print the names off put them in my Leighton orient woolly hat and pull them out. And if anybody wants to come along and try and join the ballot, there are sp- you know there are five spaces there for people to come along to. So um, you know don't feel that you're being left out because there really is nothing. And the minutes then go out online. If I was getting you know a little bit earlier this time, hopefully. But um, the minutes do go out online, and there's no secrets there. And as Danny said, you know there was maybe one, maybe two things that we were asked, not not to. Not to minute, but just not to elaborate too much on, because um, it's something that you know it, it could have affected something that was going forward. But then you now that's happened, this time in the minutes it might be minuted if it's mentioned again. Yeah, I think just to extend that. I appreciate it's not it's not here to discuss just about that 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 forum. It's an important element for us. We you know we want to get fans feedback, and if there is a question that you know hopefully someone wouldn't wait sort of six months to to have it in the fans forum, but you know as we build up to whatever date it is in January in a few weeks' time, if they've got questions, aim them towards Karen, who will then bring them all to someone else who's attending. This is not a closed door of, you know, clearly there'll be questions we might not be able to answer, but if we can answer it, we will give an honest, integrity, coherent, cohesive answer. 
Yeah. Uh, Karen, I expect to see pictures on social media of you drawing uh, the names out of the hat to prove... Oh, well, I did, have a, I did have a video last time. I, I made, live, I made, live I made, stream. I made my children video it in case anybody queried it. I had my Theo in the background sitting on the back of my sofa and I had my late Norman Woolly hat and I made my daughter film it. So, yeah. I hope you were holding up a uh, paper as well with a date on. I was, so that, you know, oh, well, I was holding up the piece of paper saying whatever the name was of whoever it was that was just to attend. So. Uh, Jamie, coming over to you for yeah, a Yeah, I was just going to kind of touch on what we talked about earlier with, with the streaming. Um, obviously, it's a, a new thing for this, this season for us. When we have a, a game streamed, is it a, uh, an equal split between both clubs involved? Or? We, yeah, we take the revenue from our audiences, which uh, is a model that you know, favours the bigger bigger club, which yeah, clearly we are within that league in terms of support. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we, we take our, uh, our lion's share. So if someone signs up to, to watch Leighton Orient versus when we play in a couple of weeks, the Northampton or, or the crew, if they sign up via us, we, we benefit from that. And is that going to be... Because apparently that's, that's just midweek games, not Saturdays? Or? So it's every game that is not a three o'clock on a Saturday subject to the home club's approval, which is why we weren't able to stream the game in the UK yesterday. Right, I was going to say, can you see that actually moving on to Saturday games in the future? or Not in the immediate future. Uh, I think it's something that we would probably campaign for it to happen. Uh, the EFL, it's only its second year, I think, in its uh, infancy. So the EFL very much want to gather data this year. They're going to review the games that aren't on a Saturday and how that's affected attendance. But I think for every person that might watch it instead of go to the game, there'll be 10 others that you know, do live in Edinburgh or wherever it is that would just crave to be able to be at the Brow Group yeah, every, that's every be week. My next question, obviously, is the balance to be struck with that. You know, We're not going to lose out with people coming through the door yeah that's what the EFL want to want to review and yeah our, our challenge will be to yeah there's nothing like being there but that ain't a bad second place to be able to to watch it on um, your was, tablet or your phone I was also going to ask you what's our relationship like with the EFL since we've been back uh healthy uh so as I said I, I attend uh every EFL, every EFL meeting uh we raise certain issues, so you know, we're, a couple of the bits that we're campaigning on at the moment is to look at flexibility in terms of pitch materials. I think Nigel alluded to that on one of the uh, recent shows or podcasts, and we would love to be able to challenge within safety rules the alcohol uh, rule in terms of not being able to drink, drink inside of the pitch. Is trusted at football, trusted in my former sport of cricket, and cricket, are, uh, you know, cricket is had very few issues with it rugby even yeah. probably less so mm-hmm. why can't someone sit there and safely in a safe environment have a have a pint with their family or with their friends uh, clearly dealing with, with anyone who's had a, you know, is misusing that privilege and with the plastic glasses now I mean what <laughs> What's the worst that can happen? You're gonna throw a plastic glass, so you know. The, there's worst objects that you could, and if someone wants right. to throw their pint, they're clearly really stupid. Uh, <laughs> but it's, yeah, yeah, that's the that's the law. It's not an EFL rule. It's a it's a law, but it's something that we would, you know, we estimated that could generate another six figure sum. And again, say again, stability. But you, you say, you know, with your former sport of cricket, and I know I've attended rugby matches as well. You know, as a football supporter, you are treated differently. You're treated like pariahs, and it's just. It's just not fair, but that's just how the law is, isn't it? So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, so I good think, luck with that. <laughs> I, I, I Thanks, think Karen. We do have to look back at the uh, the history of football violence and sort of say, well, all right, you know, there is a reason for it. But at the same point, you know, we're in a different era now, and fingers crossed that you know 
we'll see sense. And, and uh, someone uh, technically can go and have 20 pints outside, stumble in without yeah. getting caught, and mm-hmm. you know, could if someone's coming in intoxicated, we're not going to let them in. But yeah. they could stumble in against someone who's just having one pint, and yeah, that person who just wants a, just a relaxing drink is is punished for mm-hmm. one idiotic moron. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to mention no names, but I definitely have been to a game before where someone was so drunk when they came in, they fell asleep. And that was it. <laughs> Sat next to me, snoring away. Not there me. you go. <laughs> no, Jamie, I won't mention. Oh, sorry. Um, Thanks, mate. <laughs> Danny, sorry. Just uh, coming back to the football side of things. Um, obviously, we want to look to make some signings in January. What's the budget looking like? Uh, obviously, without giving us any figures, is it healthy? Are we looking to make two, three signings potentially? Or. Um, I think that's something we'll find out by the 31st of January. Okay. Uh, you know, Martin and Steve Foster and uh, you know, everyone are working closely uh, with that. Obviously, Ross is you know, having an input into that. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a team approach to that. And yeah, they've identified a couple of areas where they want to do it. Obviously, we will welcome Lawrence Figaro on, on, on today. Uh, the pleasure of meeting him earlier. And I think that's... Uh, it's a good addition. Offers a competition for for, for Sam, and yep. uh, yeah, it'll be interesting uh, who who wins the eventual battle for for uh, for that position, uh, especially with Dean uh, sadly out injured. We were talking earlier on. All of a sudden, uh, you know, we signed Lawrence today, and as I say, great signing. He was. I was. Um, I. I done a little bit of a list of what I think we need sort of uh, coming forward and uh, a goalkeeper was, was one of the things so we can cross that off the list um, interesting to see on social media that people have immediately jumped on the signing of Lawrence today and so I said well that's it Sam, Sam Sargent will be relegated back to uh, the bench now I feel really sorry for him and etc etc but um I think that it's great, you know, a bit of competition for Sam, you know, I mean, he's got the number one jersey at the moment and, you know, it's down to Lawrence to come in and see if he can win it off him and see what happens. And also as well, it was at Newport, I think, wasn't it? He hurt his shoulder. And it's like, so what would have happened if he'd have, you know, okay, Janata would have come in and hopefully Janata would have done, you know, as well as Sam has done by stepping in for Brill, Janata would have done the same for Sargent. But then you've got no backup there, have you? So, you know, as you say... I think goalkeeper was definitely one of the um, priorities on the list. That and my, as I keep saying, box to box, tenacious, fighting midfielder. Well, I'm going to thank Danny. Unless anyone's got any more pressing questions. All all I was going to say was adding on to that. I think the way uh, Kent Teague has always said that we sort of do our recruitment from transfer window to window. So obviously the building for next season starts here. Basically, I've got a funny feeling, like Ross said, a few might be going out. I've got a funny feeling you just might be seeing the uh, promotion squad being dismantled. Which, let's be fair, needs to happen at time to time. I mean, Ferguson did it enough when he was at Manchester United. They often won titles, then he dismantled the squad uh, within the next sort of couple of seasons. And, you know, fresh blood is never a bad thing coming into a club. So, um, Danny, thank you ever so much for answering all Absolute pleasure. Thank things. you. Um, we are going to talk a bit about the squad now, so I know that that will be a bit awkward for you. So, uh, I shall remain quiet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but feel free to chip in if you would like to, if you think we're being unfair with anything we say. Um, but, uh, but there you go. So, um, I did a bit of an assessment of the, uh, of the current squad. So, um, we currently have a squad of 28 players, which includes uh, six scholars and youth team players. Um, of those uh, 22 players that are left, not including the six squad scholars, so the scholars are uh, obviously Janata, Ogi, Sweeney, um, Kiprianu, Shivani, and Satiriu. Well, that leaves us with 22 players, of which three are out long-term injured, and so the three are out long-term injured will be Brill, Lingy, and Makanoff, which leaves us with um, 19 senior players. Now, in my opinion, 
I would say that there are six who are either not good enough or at the moment the jury is out for me on them because we haven't necessarily seen enough of them. Uh, and I would make my priority signings. I've put here uh, a backup goalkeeper, so obviously that's that's done. We can tick that off the list. Two central midfield players, a forward and a left back on loan. Um, I say on loan because I do think that uh, Ogi will be... Uh, will be um, good enough to play but I think this season has come a bit too soon for him and at the moment every time Joe Willison gets an injury poor old Dan Happy gets pushed out to left back um, which uh, to me he's our best centre off so I want to see him playing centre back but um, that's just my opinion as I say two, so I would like to see two central midfield players a forward and a left back on top of the goalkeeper that we've signed today so just the um, just the five players for me, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> well, as I say, I, you know, I mean, I definitely agree that we needed a goalkeeper, as I said, and um, the, I just we really need somebody. A, we need a proper fighter, somebody who's just going to chase everything in midfield. Um, and yes, we need a forward because we need goals. You know, you don't win games without goals. So um, they're not coming from midfield, and they, you know, go, go, get the odd goal from defence. But you know, when there's a corner. But um, I think Turley's the last goal scorer, isn't he? Well, other than Saturio, but yeah. I think Turley's the last person to score a goal, isn't he? So it's, uh, yeah, I, I would agree with what you've said there. Um, definitely left back on loan. But I, th- I think maybe I'd bring the second midfield on loan as well. So I think we just need one constant midfield and then uh, yeah. one loan. Yeah. Um, Danny, so one question you might be able to ask. George Marsh, uh, can you answer answer anything about his loan and when it's up and whether we will be renewing or is that not? That's not for me to answer. No, That's, okay, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that to uh, to the powers that be and, and, and most importantly, Martin. No, okay, fair enough. Jamie? Well, I agree with most of your list. Um, to be quite honest, I think left a left back is definitely needed, but we need someone who's a bit a little bit better up the pitch and also maybe a left winger who can play with both feet. I think Brophy's good as an impact player. I just think we need someone who can, a little bit like Maguire, who can play with both feet because then you've got a weapon on either side. Um, the, mid, the central midfield is, an, again, at least one player in there, but a, like a dominant, someone who can actually push forward you know, and, and take the game to the opposition. I think yeah. we've got to the, the point now that we are not really combative enough, especially in that area. And you know, it's people who can go out and get the ball off the opposition and start our own attacks. Uh, another forward... Saterio's uh, kind of made it a little bit of a headache there because now he's actually burst onto the scene, scored a few goals for us. You know, I just said get somebody in. I'd, I'd like if I'd get a forward in, but only if Wilkinson's long-term injured. The only thing I would say is, again, you know, I think it's great that Saterio's come on, and I think it's great that he's scored a couple of goals. But I think that right now, with regard, Angle and Wilkinson have both picked up a lot of injuries yeah. this season. They've both been well. Sort of Wilkinson's obviously had a suspension as well on top of that, um, and so I don't think we've seen the best of those two. No. But at the same point, you know, we can't leave it to chance that the second half of the season they're not going to get injured. That yeah. would be my reason for bringing in another centre forward because when you look at the two of them, the amount of time they've spent on the injury um, table at the moment. You might as well count them as one player. Yeah. It's not even just so, injuries, is it? It's um, discipline as well, isn't it? So, yeah. It was really unlucky that Wilco got himself sent off when he was yeah, actually he really stopped. running into form and look, yeah, looking a proper threat for well. us. Yeah. But you, you are right, um, we've seen tenderlines in glimpses from those two. You know, from time to time, it seems, but we've, we've not seen anyone up front really kind of 
be a constant, constant threat for us. So yeah, I, I'd go with you, Billy. If, if, like I said, if Wilkinson's injured, bring bring someone in. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. I think that making signings in January is not always the easiest thing to do. I know that uh, Andy mentioned before that um, Cheltenham a couple of seasons ago bought in twelve players, and again I read the message boards, I read the, I read um, Twitter and Facebook and what have you, and uh, I see things. You know, people like well we need ten new players and stuff like that, but. I don't think we do at all. I think, you know, to me, as I say, I've put five down there, but I would be happy with three signings in January. I think that three three good signings can make to turn this season around and see us uh, see us start to move up the table a little bit. Um, Karen? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I just, like I say, you know, it's, we need, it's that spine, isn't it? Yeah. We need that spine of the team. And then uh, if they get that, they get that right, then yeah, fingers crossed. We'll be getting pushed into that playoff or near that playoff position that the board wants us to be. The thing is, ironically, I actually think that of all the positions in the team, I know we've been conceding a lot of goals, but defence actually the defence is the is the bit that I'm not necessarily yeah. overly worried about. I think it's what's in front of them. I think that's the issue. Yeah. You know, when you look at the three centre halves that we've got, or four centre halves, should I say, with with Turley, Happy, Marvin, and and Coulson, I think you'd be hard pushed to find four better centre halves in a squad yeah. in any of the teams in the division you know as you say it's more of what's in front of them isn't it yeah. and I've I've been saying for months that you know we need it's that tenacious midfielder again yeah I can't yeah. say yeah. it often enough I just think we need someone on the pitch also that can organise this team and there's too many as Ross has said himself there's too many individual mistakes throughout the team week in week out it's, it's very difficult when players collective performance ratings about five to six out of ten week in week out that's why we're 19th I think when consistent but we're consistently well, right. average <laughs> and but the thing is just Edinburgh when he came in saw the problem was in defence and fixed it and then we gradually went out the league and we were getting performances of seven eight nine out of ten week in week out from six seven eight of the players week in week out that I think that's what will happen when when we actually get our act together that's that's how it's going to work out for us. That's the only reason we're going to, the only way we'll move up the table. So just cut out the mistakes, get three or four players in that can actually bring that about and uh, put a bit more confidence in the side and in the stands and I think we'll be okay. Brilliant. Well, uh, we've come to the end of this session. Thank you ever so much for everyone tonight. Danny, thank you for joining us. Pleasure. Karen, thank you. You're welcome. And Jamie, thank you ever so much. And thank we'll you. see you next week. Goodbye from the Orient Hour. On the hour, across Brentwood and Billericay. This is Phoenix FM 105.9.